Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Jesus was with his disciples. He was with his followers, the 12. He had sent them out two by two. He sent them out in his name. He sent them out with power, with authority to preach and to heal. And they had just returned and they were reporting to Jesus. They were telling Jesus what they did, telling him what they taught. But they kept getting interrupted. Sustained, unbroken conversation was seemingly impossible. Why? Our text tells us that many people were coming and going. Word about Jesus spread. More and more people heard about Jesus, heard about his teaching and his miracles and his power, and they wanted to see him. They wanted to hear him. They wanted to be near him and healed by him. So they sought him out. And Jesus didn't send them away. He didn't dismiss them. He didn't tell them to make an appointment. He received them. Therefore, conversation with the disciples was constantly interrupted. And they were so busy with people coming and going that they could not even take a break to eat together. So Jesus spoke these words, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. And Jesus suggests that they get away, find a quiet spot, a lonely spot, away from towns, away from traffic and visitors, a place with no cell signals or Wi-Fi so that they could rest and eat and talk, be together, uninterrupted. You know what this is like. And maybe you're there now or you have experienced seasons in life like this where you are busy and your spouse is busy and your kids are busy and your family is busy and it seems you have no time to talk, to rest, to be, to eat. So you get away. Take a trip, a vacation, you get out in order to have some quiet, slow, uninterrupted time together to rest, to recharge. Well, Jesus and his disciples get in a boat and they set out. They sail across the Sea of Galilee to find a quiet spot, a lonely spot, a solitary spot. Now, the disciples were probably feeling pretty good as they got in the boat. They were headed for a day of rest and refreshment with Jesus. But as they departed, we're told, there were many people on the shore who watched them sail off. And they recognized Jesus. So they ran after him on foot. They ran after him around the lake, through the villages, wanting to be near Jesus, wanting to be with Jesus. Now, either they guessed where he was going or they just ran around the lake where they went until they saw where the boat was headed. But either way, Mark tells us that they beat them there. So instead of landing at a quiet, lonely, peaceful spot away from it all, a crowd of thousands awaited Jesus and his disciples. It'd be like going on a vacation. You need the rest. You're looking forward to time with your loved ones. You're expecting quiet. If you don't have small children, you're expecting peace and refreshment. You, you picture this beach all to yourself. But instead, when you arrive, it's, it's like Daytona at spring break. It's packed. It's, it's loud. 
but I, I have a recurring dream. And maybe you have recurring dreams. I probably have it every other month. And in this dream, I'm going to church with my family. And I'm only going to worship. It's, it's, it's not covenant. I, I'm, I have no official duties. I usually don't recognize the church. Sometimes it's the church I grew up in. And, and, and as we're there, and, and when it comes time for the sermon, it's apparent that they expect me to preach. Everyone's looking at me. And, and in my mind, in my dream, I'm protesting. I'm, I'm on my vacation. I, I didn't know I was supposed to preach, but, but all that's in my mind. And I find myself slowly walking up to the pulpit. And I usually wake up. But for Jesus and his disciples, this was no dream. When, when Jesus sees the great crowd of thousands, he doesn't get frustrated that his plans are ruined. He doesn't get annoyed and hop back in on the boat to find another spot with no crowd. No, listen again to his reaction. This is verse 34. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Compassion, not frustration. Compassion, not disappointment. Compassion. Jesus cared deeply for the crowd that was before him. And he saw them as sheep, wandering, aimless, purposeless, defenseless. Sheep that needed a shepherd. And, and here was the shepherd standing before them, the Lord. Because that's who Jesus is. He's God. He is the Son. He is the eternal Son of the eternal Father. And He's one with the Father. He's the eternal Son who became man, who became flesh and blood, just like you, just like me. In compassion, the Son of God came seeking you out because you're lost. Lost in your sin. Lost like a wandering, aimless, purposeless, defenseless sheep. The good, the good shepherd came to find you and he knows your name. He knows everything about you and he calls you. He calls you to himself, calls you out of sin, calls you out of darkness, calls you out of death so that you might follow him. Follow him in paths of righteousness. He came to lay down his life for you, to die for you. The shepherd became the sacrifice on the cross. And through his death, he gives you light and life. Do you follow the shepherd? Do you declare with, with David the words of Psalm 23, the, the, the words of our call to worship, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. Go to him. He, he won't dismiss you. He won't tell you to make an appointment. He'll receive you with compassion. He'll receive you with love. The good shepherd looked out upon this crowd with compassion. And what does he do? He teaches them. Jesus feeds the sheep with God's word, offering direction and purpose, offering green pastures and streams of water, offering a path. Jesus teaches all morning. He teaches all afternoon. He teaches into the evening. And when it started getting late, the disciples, the 12, they come to Jesus <coughs> and they have a very practical concern. 
It's late. They're in a desolate place. They're in an out-of-the-way place, and everybody's getting hungry. Jesus, you should probably send the people away. It's going to take them some time to reach the surrounding villages. And when they get there, they can buy something to eat. And it'd be nice if they get there before dark. In response, Jesus gives a command. This is what Jesus says. You give them something to eat. Now, put, put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. This, this day has not gone as planned at all, and it's been a long day. Instead of peace and quiet and rest and refreshment, you got crowds and busyness. Then you bring a very practical concern to Jesus with a very practical solution. And in turn, he gives you a seemingly impossible task. You feed them. You feed them. These thousands gathered here to hear him. You feed them. And what would your reaction be? Well, they asked Jesus a question. Listen to verse 37 again. Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? Now, 200 denarii was about a year's worth of wages. The disciples didn't have that kind of money. A whole year's worth of wages. I mean, this question is asked out of frustration. This question is asked out of exasperation. It's, it's asked out of weariness. They are overwhelmed by the magnitude of the request. Overwhelmed, just like Moses when he was out in the wilderness with God's people and they started getting hungry. But Jesus isn't. The good shepherd can provide. He asked them what they have. Jesus asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Now, the, the, the disciples go, and perhaps they run to the boat to, to get what food they had brought for themselves for the day, and they come back with five loaves and two small fish. Now, the loaves were probably round, flat bread that, that would be enough for one person for a day, which, which means what they had was barely a meal for the 12 disciples and Jesus, much less the enormous crowd that surrounded them. But the good shepherd provides. The good shepherd leads. He commands everyone to sit in groups by hundreds and fifties on the green grass. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looks up to heaven and he blessed them. He prays. We're not told his prayer, but it's probably something like this common Jewish prayer before a meal. Blessed be you, O Lord, our God, King of the world, who made bread come forth from the earth and who provides for all you've created. It's a prayer over a meal celebrating God's providential care. Jesus blessed. He broke. And he gave it to them to eat. And these are the same verbs used in the Lord's Supper as Jesus celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples. The night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it and broke it and he gave it to them to eat. And he said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Well, the disciples passed out the food. They passed out the bread. They passed out the fish. And, and listen to verse 42 again. And they all ate and were satisfied. At least 5,000 ate and were satisfied. Mark says 
that 5,000 men ate. This, this isn't an inclusive word like for, for, for mankind. This is the Greek word for man, for a male. So the number given, 5,000, does not include women and children who were present. 5,000 men were fed, so at least 5,000 ate and were satisfied. They were satisfied, not just the, the, the number that were provided for, but that they were satisfied. They weren't simply given enough to tide them over until they could eat a real meal. They, they ate more than a snack. They ate more than a bite of bread and a mouthful of fish. Jesus gives enough to satisfy. Out of compassion, he provides an abundance. With Jesus, there's more than enough. In fact, there are leftovers. Twelve baskets of leftovers, all from five loaves and two fish. Now, our Old Testament reading from 2 Kings contained a similar miracle. In our reading, Elisha the prophet, Elisha, who succeeded Elijah the prophet, he was with a group of prophets, a hundred prophets, a group known as the sons of the prophets. And a man came to Elisha. He came bringing a gift of 20 loaves of bread and some fresh grain. And Elisha tells the man to give it to the prophets. Pass out the food so that all of them might eat. Now, this, this man was like the disciples. He couldn't believe his ears. How could he feed 100 men with only this? Well, Elisha repeated, give it to them to eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. So the man set it before them all, and they all ate. And there were leftovers. The Lord provided food for his prophets, and the Lord provided food for the crowd. Like God providing manna for his people in the wilderness, Jesus feeds. The compassionate shepherd feeds his flock. He teaches. He provides bread and fish. He satisfies body and soul. Again, do you follow this good shepherd? Is he leading you? He provides your daily bread. He's the one who provides your daily bread. He, he gives you the food that you need for the day. In fact, for most of us, if not all of us here, we have more than enough for today but he provides and satisfies body and soul. Part, 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 of following, part of following the shepherd, part of discipleship is being with him, being with the shepherd, being with Jesus. So how do you do that? Isn't he, isn't he with you always, even to the end of the age? Yes. But you draw close to the shepherd through the word, through the scriptures, through the Bible, which means this, you need to read it. You need to read it every day. Even if you only read a chapter a day, read the Bible every day, read it. This is how the shepherd will feed you. And he feeds you by yourself. You, you need to be in that lonely, deserted place with the Lord, even if it's just for 15 minutes. You need it to be renewed, refreshed for the day, for your week, 
for life. And he, he feeds you alone, but he also feeds you with others. He feeds you with a crowd gathered together, seeking him to be with him in worship, Sunday school classes, youth or Wednesday night programs, Bible studies. He feeds you, fills you, satisfies. There's more than enough. In fact, there are leftovers. And just like the disciples, just like the disciples, there will be times in your life when you are given a calling, a calling that seems impossible. You give them something to eat. And perhaps you've had them. Perhaps you're, you're there now. And I'm not talking about solving world hunger or, or, or a plan to, to, to stop flooding along the Pearl River. I'm talking about a, a, a calling that you're already in, a situation at home, a class in school, a relationship. Maybe it's a, a marriage or or a relationship with, with a child or, or a parent or, or someone in your life or a responsibility, a financial burden, where it just seems, it's, it seems like it's too much for you. You only have five and two fish. The problem's too big. There are too many obstacles. Well, not for Jesus. Bring to Jesus what you have. Bring to Jesus what you have and tell him that's all you've got. You can't do it. But ask him to use it. Ask him to provide. He is enough. More than enough. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 